Welcome to the Franklin Podcast. In this episode, I spoke with Lacey Watt, our copy chief, about her favorite aspects of the job, her work with best buddies on campus and what they've had to do to adapt, and her first ever story. Hi, this is Ari for the Franklin Podcast, and I'm here with Lacey Watt today. Uh, how are you? It's nice to get to chat with you today. I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty good. Um, so kind of the basic like introductory question I should ask you is, how did you get started on the Franklin? So I kind of felt like I was going to do the Franklin since high school because um, Ryan Gunterman works with Ada Clark and they're on the IHSPA together. So we'd come to Franklin College for the conventions every year. So mm-hmm. I was kind of introduced to that early on. So I just, I instantly knew that I was going to end up being on the paper when I first got here for freshman year. Nice. And when you started out on the Franklin, what kind of things were you doing? My very first story was the lead story. So I was reporting. I did the photography and the writing. That's awesome. And Yeah, it was a big story to take on for my very first one. But it was fun. It was challenging. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, topics, what has been your one of your favorites that you've written? Oh, man. I did a feature last year, last semester, over um, the Little Wedding Chapel. And um, Franklin, she does, like, the really small weddings, and especially came in clutch with uh, COVID happening and everything. Right. But I really like the piece where, like, you get to, like, know the person, like, more on a personal level. It's just not, like, hard news. Yeah, just, like, the more, like, looking into someone's life and their experiences versus just, this is the news, this is something that happened. Because it's it's cool to just learn about people. Yeah, and it's something that I didn't even know was going on like I didn't know they actually did things like that with yeah like the really qu- I don't want to say quick but it was like small like easy affordable type weddings for mm. people who didn't have like the option to spend big bucks yeah that's super cool um so right now on the Franklin you are our copy chief yes and what all responsibilities come with that so my responsibilities really don't like super step in until like deadline night so after they Put the pages together, design, story, photos, everything's on the page. We'll print them out, and then we'll have people look at them. And I'm, like, one of the, mo- I'm one of the more final eyes that look at it just to make sure there's no, like, grammar, spelling. I'll do some tweaks with the design if something's, like, off the page not, or um, it's bleeding off the page, per se. Yeah. Um, so as a copy chief, what would you say are your favorite parts of that? Like, what's the most rewarding parts? I feel like the rewarding part is honestly just being able to take a look at, like, a final finished product and, like, do, like, a final scoop over everything because there you don't really know about the stories or the photos until they're completely printed out and finished, and that's where I kind of get to read everything at first glance. And um, just, like, being able to actually, like, enjoy the story and Mm -hmm. uh, being able to edit along the way so that way we catch anything. That's cool. Um, So... In addition to your work out in the Franklin, you also are involved in other aspects of the Franklin community, other organizations, is that right? Yeah, I'm president for Best Buddies, which is the non nonprofit organization to pair up um, students and uh, peers with IDD, with students who don't have IDD, so just to like kind of create friendships, kind of spread the word of inclusion for everyone. So go more into Best Buddies. What is IDD and what is the whole, like, I guess, mission statement idea of the Best Buddies group, because I know it's really beneficial to some students on campus. Yeah, definitely. So um, it takes um, students with intellectual or developmental disabilities 
and we pair them with students who aren't diagnosed with any disabilities. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of gives them the opportunity to, um, I don't want to say experience, like, real friendships, because they're all real in a sense, but, like, kind of, like, getting out into the community more. Yeah. Kind of getting getting away from that routine that they usually have. Because I know um, there's a few of them that work at the school. Um, Amanda Taylor, she's mm -hmm. a cafeteria worker. Um, most people know who Amanda is. She's got a really bright personality, and she's in Best Buddies. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of, we're actually buddies, so, like, we'll just, we'll go to lunch on Sundays. We're supposed to go get our nails done this Sunday. So just, like, it gives you, like, a time to, like, kind of, like, step away from, like, all the pressure of school mm -hmm. and then build a friendship at the same time. Yeah, that sounds really cool. That sounds like a really cool experience. What all do you think you've, like, picked up from that personally? What kind of things have you learned? I've been doing it since freshman year of high school and in the beginning I was I don't want to say afraid but it was just intimidating mm -hmm. to talk to someone with IDD because there is a little bit of a miscommunication sometimes if right nonverbal or um just the language barrier there but there's um like study tactics you can use and one of the main things that I like to take away from it is it's first people language so it's really just like words that you can use for anything and mm -hmm. if you don't like there's certain terms that you shouldn't use you should say this instead type of thing so it right. kind of like helps people like develop their language skills when they're dealing with or talking to someone who has IDD. Yeah and I think just those having those kinds of skills and not being afraid to build those kinds of relationships is just the most valuable part I'm sure. Because mm -hmm, everyone needs a friend at the end of the day and right. I mean why not? Cause yeah, of course. <laughs> and, you know, like you said, it gets them out of school, out of that routine, and more into the community and more into yeah. just more social aspects of things. And I think that's sometimes something that can be overlooked. Because, I mean, it's important to get out of the house. I mean, who, no matter who you are. I mean, especially with COVID, the past right. year, people are jonesing to go outside and go do something. And, I mean, it's the same for everyone. Just yeah. simp as simple as going out and getting lunch or going to the Greenwood Mall and around that type of stuff yeah so what exactly you said you've been doing this since freshman year of high school mm -hmm. uh, what got you interested in it initially so the initial interest was I really didn't know how to talk to like I always try to be kind to everyone but I didn't really know how to say or how to act and it just kind of flustered me so I figured I'd immerse myself in order to I don't want to say figure out, but in order to be able to better communicate with them. And then also my friend from high school, her name was Maddie, or her name is Maddie. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was president, and she kind of like, you should do this. It's fun, good opportunity, looks great. And so I just kind of jumped in and took off from there. Awesome. Um, so kind of a, like a hypothetical question. So if you could work for any publication in the world, writing, copy chief, anything you want, what would it be and why? Um, I always say I'd like to start off at um, Indie Star, mm -hmm. keep it local, but um, report. I'd, I have this, like, in, interest in, like, crime cases. So I don't know, maybe some investigator reporting. I yeah, that would, that would be, be really cool. And, I mean, of course, the... Big dream job would be New York Times on, of course. in New York. <laughs> that would be super cool. Um, so I'm sure in your time as a journalist, you've probably heard a lot of really good advice from advisors, professors, people like that. Is there anything that 
that's really stuck with you throughout your journey? I think my main thing is I used to always just stick to the questions, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, clearly now that you get more experience, kind of if you can stray away, I mean, not necessarily like get off topic, but have more of a conversation with your interviewer. Yeah, for sure. The person you're talking to, because I feel like that's where you get your better info, your better quotes. You feel more personal, like personally connected. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that always makes for a better story in the long run. So that's pretty much what I try to focus on is making sure to have a conversation, just not throwing questions at them, waiting for an answer and then moving on super quick. Yeah, it's definitely about kind of like adding on to that, just overcoming that barrier of, you know, this is just an interview, like you want to make it comfortable for yourself and for them. And if it just doesn't feel like, sometimes I think maybe being on the receiving end of an interview, especially if someone's never been interviewed before, might seem like more of an interrogation. So it's like you want to make it like a mutual comfort, like, hey, we're going to sit down and discuss something. Yeah, as opposed to I'm going to bombard you with questions. Yeah, because if they feel more comfortable, they're more likely to give you more info. Or dive in deeper onto the topic. Definitely. And I've noticed um, in my time, you know, as a journalist getting into news writing that it was hard for me to not see it that way at first because I was like, I'm asking people all these questions. They're probably not going to want to answer. But it's like, no, it's not that bad. And, you know, just being comfortable with it, I think, is a big thing, too. Yeah. Because if you're comfortable, sometimes the other person will be more at ease with wanting to talk to you. Yeah, because when I first started, you could tell, like, I was nervous. So, yeah. like, I'd go, like, question, 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 and then I'd realize, like, I'd have to go back for follow-ups because I didn't get all my info. And if I just slowed down, had an actual conversation, I would have gotten tons more the first run. I wouldn't have to do as many follow-ups. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, kind of flipping that, what kind of advice would you maybe give to somebody who's starting out as um, a news writer? Like, what would you advise them for, like, their best stories? I would tell them it's intimidating at first. Like, no lie, I'm not going to lie to you. But mm. the more you do it, the more easier it gets. And I know that's just something that, like, everyone says, practice makes perfect. But honestly, it really is just a matter of kind of, like, throwing yourself out there and taking the opportunity and taking the risk and seeing what you can do with that story and for sure always go to an editor or someone a mentor for help because if they show you what you're doing wrong or what you need to improve on you'll remember that for the next time and you it slowly but surely will stick Mm -hmm. and like some rules I still don't know right like that's why you've got the AP style book and that's why you've got editors like it's okay to ask for help and that was a big thing that I always straight away from was asking for help because I wanted people to think I could do it but like that's like a main thing for me is like if you need help ask for it (laughs) yeah absolutely and it's like just kind of going on with the idea of yeah starting out is intimidating Mm -hmm. admitting you need help is intimidating sometimes because it's like I want to make it look like I know what I'm doing yeah but it's like I always tell myself um that it's like I would rather you know learn before it's too late and, you know, be able to use that knowledge to improve than, you know, have a mistake come up in, like, final print or something because I didn't think to ask or, you know, not be able to present my best work because I didn't ask. Yeah, and then you have the problem where you didn't catch your mistake and then it could further progress if you don't get it fixed, that type yeah. of stuff. Yeah, it's just a matter of, like, overcoming that barrier definitely and, you know, 
when I started out writing, it was just like, if I ask a question, I'm just, I'm going to look so stupid. But Mm -hmm. I think it's just a lot better to overcome that because it's like, I don't know. I mean, people can think whatever they're going to think about you asking a question. It's just the fact that you're asking it, I think, shows that you're willing to learn and you want to know what's up before it's, you know, a problem. Yeah, like it's okay to admit that you don't know. Right. Not everyone's going to know every single same thing. Mm -hmm. And that's honestly why we've got people here to educate us and guide us along the way. Um, So in terms of your involvement with the Franklin and with Best Buddies, um, how do you think that like COVID has affected it? Like what, what things have had to be changed to uh, still be able to do what you do, but maybe like not in the same way? Oh yeah. Well, everything's not in person. Mm -hmm. So we're just now getting to the point where we're probably going to start having in-person meetings, but you still have, like, the option to Zoom. Yeah. But just the camera screen really adds a barrier, I feel like, because I personally like one-on-one, like, face-to-face talking to people. Just right. Because you get that connection. With the computer, it just kind of gets construed. Um, best buddies, we've not been able to meet at all because of four to five Franklin rules. You can't have people who aren't like faculty, staff, students on campus, and some of our buddies aren't faculty or students, so mm-hmm. they can't come on campus. So that's really put a bummer on our meetings and has kept them all virtual. And then some buddies don't necessarily know how to work, like technology as well as others, right. so some people can't join the same. So it's it's really um, put a strain on us this year, but um, we're still making it yeah, of as course. easy as possible for everyone. We're still trying to do meetings at least once a month so that way we can get together and talk about how we've been doing yeah just in terms of finding ways to adapt and still keep everybody safe as I think (laughs) is the one of the hardest parts yeah because I would feel I know I'd feel horrible if we met and I was asymptomatic and I didn't know it and then I gave it to someone who had problem like would have problems later on because of any like diagnosis or anything like that like I would feel horrible yeah I yeah I was just curious because I know that the Franklin and Best Buddies are both such involved groups Mm -hmm. that I mean of course with the Franklin I know how we have to do things now but you know with Best Buddies and how like close you guys are and the fact that it's taking place in the community you know I just can't help but wonder how that's how that has been going and what changes you've had to make. Okay. Well, changes, all of our parties or our meetings were very, like, one-on-one. We'd play games together. We'd mm-hmm. have snacks. We'd do pitch-ins. And, like, now you can't bring any food in. Yeah, you can't even really get approved for them to be on campus, so you can't do anything, honestly. Yeah. But it's just, like, that big jump from being together once a month, throwing a party. We had karaoke games. Like, we'd do coloring, like, all kinds of types of different, all types of different activities. Sorry. Yeah. To seeing each other on a screen once a month, and it's only like thirty minutes long. Right. It's just such a like stark like contrast. Yeah. And you know, for the Franklin, yeah, we don't we don't have that much fun in our meetings. But for <laughs> best buddies, I know that connection, that in person connection, is probably very valuable. So to have that be gone, yeah. I'm sure by this point you guys are definitely used to it, but. I can't imagine, like, when things first hit, and it was just like, what do we do? Like, yeah, we can't get together. We don't know what we can even still do. 
I say we had we have to like brainstorm like online ideas so like online trivia we'd want we want to watch like a TV series together and do like mm-hmm. one of those Kahoot games afterwards. Um, can't, they can't come here, but I can go to them. So like tomorrow, I'm taking two Betty's a little gift basket of candies just because I've not seen them lately. Yeah, due to COVID, I want to surprise them at their work, and so just like. Not necessarily being big groups, but I'm trying to, like, divvy myself up to see each one individually. Yeah, for sure. While respecting, like, the time frame and making sure, like, everything's, like, everyone's safe and okay. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, the efforts that you put in just to do that much are greatly appreciated. Yeah, they always tell me that they um, appreciate it because, I mean, who doesn't like candy? Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a nice surprise. Yeah, try to be helpful as possible. Of course. Um, So cycling back to the first uh, question you answered and kind of wrapping this up, do you remember what your first feature story was about? I don't remember my first feature. Because that was what you were telling me was your first ever story, right? My very first story was the lead. Oh, the lead, sorry. Yeah, and it was the phishing emails. So all the fake emails that students get on campus with the hackers. Gotcha. Yeah, that was that was a pretty big intimidating one. But so tell me a little bit about like the just the process with how that went. Yeah, so um, I um, came up with my interview questions, and I remember talking to a couple people, asking like, "Do you think this is a good question? Do you think I should take this somewhere else?" Mm -hmm. And emailed the people. I'm really drawing a blank on their name. Just everyone in IT? Yeah, pe- a couple people in IT. Um, sat down with them, had an interview with them. They were really nice, gave me tons of information. Um, came back, did the story, took the photos. Um, we did a little photo shoot of, like, um, people on their phones, giving, like, the messages and mm-hmm. the emails on the computer screens. We did, like, a shot with, like, the reflection of, in someone's glasses. Just yeah. Just like, show, like, an artistic look to it. And I believe Emily Hales did the design for that one. That's awesome. But it looked really cool in the end. I felt like it was a really good story, especially to start out on for a first, like, very first story ever. Yeah, of course. That's a really good way to just get into it. Like, taking a big story like that as your first and having it be the lead story, I can't imagine how much. Was it, like, a lot of pressure? Yeah, I felt like it because a lot of people – I mean, I don't want to say a lot of people, but some people are like, I don't want to do that big of a story for my, my first time, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And I was like, screw it. <laughs> I'll you do it. You were just like, I'll be brave. I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. What's the worst that can go wrong? Like, I'll get help from people. I'll say, and even if it doesn't go exactly as to plan, I know now, like, after doing that, like, what to do in the future. Yeah. And so I don't regret taking it at all. I had a really good time with it. Awesome. Uh, well, just to close out, is there, like, I already asked you about kind of advice, but is there anything you would like to close out with? Any closing thoughts, final ideas? As far as, like, newspaper and writing, always ask for help if you need it. That's, like, the number one thing. Don't don't be afraid to ask for help. Absolutely. Well, Lacey, thank you so much for being able to come in today. I had a Thanks lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah. Intro music is How It Begins, copyright Kevin McLeod. You can find more of his music at incompetech.com. For more of The Franklin, check us out at thefranklinnews.com, on social media, 
or find us on newsstands all over campus. Thank you for listening.